Well, protests against schools teaching children about gender and sexual diversity occurred across British Columbia today. You're hearing some of the sounds from a protest uh, in downtown Vancouver at the Art Gallery uh, this morning. There were also counter-protesters at that very uh, event as well. The events occurred in Kamloops and Kelowna. Uh, the rallies were prompted by a group called One Million March for Children, whose posters say participants are standing against uh, gender ideology in schools, which refers to, of course, uh, the teaching of the sexual orientation and gender identity, or SOGI, programs in our public schools. Uh, now, these protests are also not only opposing health and sex ed curriculums, but gender-neutral washrooms and queer-friendly uh, events, moves that in many ways mirror a similar trend uh, in the United States. Joining me now to talk about the issue, issue of sex education, SOGI, and culture wars in our classrooms is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter, who happens to be in Vancouver today covering the UBCM meetings this week. Richard, thank you for joining us. I really wish I could be there in studio jazz, but I've got to talk to the education minister in a few minutes. But it is nice being in the same city as you, that's for sure. Yeah, you're just a few blocks away, but I understand because, I mean, literally you have every municipal politician in town today or this week and uh, provincial politicians uh, are there as well. Uh, so a lot of meetings going on, a lot of big issues from housing to sex education going on. So lots to do down there. I know you're very busy. So walk me through here. Uh, what was sort of the general response to it, what's been occurring across this country in this province? at the UBCM in regards to this conversation around sex education and SOGI especially? Yeah, so I've spoken to leadership in all four political parties, major political parties, and there is a consensus from three of them, BC United, BC NDP, and the Greens, that SOGI is an important resource to have in the classroom. Uh, they have condemned the violence that we've seen and sometimes today at the protests. Uh, they have uh, express support for the counter-protest, those supporting LGBTQ plus communities, those uh, supporting SOGI and trans rights and that conversation in the classroom. And then there are the conservatives. And, and we know that John Rustad, the leader of the party, just earned official party status. And one of his first policy pieces here is, uh, he said this morning, that he would get rid of SOGI in classrooms uh, if he becomes the premier. And the other thing that he has spoken to, and you mentioned this, is the idea of gender bathrooms. And one of the things he told me today was that uh, he would ensure that in a school setting, somebody who is born a male uh, but could identify as a female or be transitioning to a female must use either a male bathroom or a gender-neutral bathroom. And what he said is that they're hearing stories of situations in schools where people are in the bathroom and someone comes in that doesn't look the same gender as them uh, and they go home crying. Well, we've also heard stories about that same individual who goes into the bathroom and people are pointing at them and calling them names and that individual who is transitioning or maybe transgender, uh, they run home crying as well. So it is... Um, a challenging issue uh, that I think is getting convoluted here, mm -hmm. but the conservatives have made it clear where they stand. And just let me briefly read a quote that will be in my story tonight on the news hour. Rustad said, it's creating friction, certainty among teachers and parents in the system. I think we need to take those things out of the system in reference to Soji. So um, it's a politicization of an issue that for a long time has been in some ways on the afterburner, Jazz, but mm -hmm. from what we've seen down south and what we've seen as part of these rallies, it now seems to be back into the political discourse here in BC. Is this a vocal minority at the end of the day, though? I mean, it, it, Absolutely. It is. Absolutely it is. And I, and I think there is nuance here. 
And BC United leader Kevin Falcon got caught in that nuance yesterday, but he's raised significant issues here. Parents are concerned that they are not getting the proper communication from the schools and teachers about sexual education, what their kids are learning, what conversations are happening. But that's different than blowing Soji up and starting again. And I think the idea of getting rid of this program that supports families, supports teachers, provides really significant resources around anti-bullying, around gender, around sexuality, largely the vast majority of people support that. Where it becomes a little bit more challenging is that issue that parents want to ensure they are getting more information about the types of sexual education being learned in the school. And yes, SOGI 123 curriculum is available online. Those resources are available. Mm -hmm. But in some cases, teachers are teaching away from that guidance and parents want to ensure that they are getting that information uh, and ensuring they know what their kids are learning in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the politicization of this. I mean, I, I, mean, I say this as a parent uh, with a child who went through elementary school and now is in, 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 in high school. Uh, and, I, and I've seen the process so far. And, and as a parent, I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. But as an MLA, I recall even you know, a small amount of, uh, of uh, constituents coming to want to talk about SOGI. And, and some of them, you know, it's just providing the information. And you, know, you don't have to agree with people, but you know, it's a reasonable conversation. You have a job as an MLA to, to serve those, all people, whether they vote for you or not. Uh, but you would occasionally, I think one or two that came into my office, it was just all political. Like they just don't like it, and, and I respect that. But they want it shut down. What are you going to do to shut it down? And then there's just no way you could have a conversation with, people, with these individuals. Right. Um, and, and, and it seems to me when you look at our school boards now, and if you go on YouTube, you can see you know school board meetings in Surrey that were disrupted uh, by these individuals. I, you know, there's one. There are other uh, uh, school districts in, in the interior. We have the Mission School District chair joining us at 5:30 on uh, to talk about that very issue in Soji uh, today. Uh, you see the Mission as well. I mean, uh, is there a middle ground in this, or is this a case where you just, as a legislator and as people say, we're putting our foot down? The educate the the research says this is the right way to go. We're going to go in that way. Educational experts say this. We're not taking your rights away as a parent, but I'm sorry, but we disagree here, and that's that. Yeah, and this is one of those tricky ones. Is ultimately the answer to your question is yes, but politicians are trying to be nuanced here, and they hear concerns that run the gamut from what you were speaking about. I don't believe in this. I will never believe in this. I don't agree with this. Too. I need to see more communication, more clarity. And that's where Kevin Falcon got tripped up a little bit yesterday mm -hmm. in trying to explain this issue that, you know, in Saskatchewan, they're moving to a system where parents must consent to a student learning specific things in sexual education. And yes, I know I have kids in the system too. We get the emails when our kids are doing sexual education, mm -hmm. but there's no consent here. You know, I have my child in a school system. I put trust in the teachers and the administrators to run that school well, and I allow them to teach my kids. And then as a parent, I teach my kids as well. Every day we have conversations about everything in life, and that may include conversations around sexual orientation and sex education. And I think striking that balance is really hard for politicians because, as you know, legislation is legislation, law is law. There are lines written on a piece of paper where something like this, having a dialogue about 
sexual orientation and what's enshrined in legislation is more complicated. We all should agree that human rights need to be protected. Trans rights need to be protected. Young people need to be protected as they learn and, and navigate their way through, you know, puberty and sexual education. This is hard stuff, weighty stuff on these kids. And, and politicians often muddy that up. And I think we do need to have a dialogue about parents, but going as far as Saskatchewan and parental approval, it's something Kevin Falcon won't yet broach. BC NDP have, have ruled all of that out. They, they don't believe that's something that we that we need here in British Columbia. Hmm. Well, I, I I suspect this will be the last we hear of this issue because it is growing <laughs> and not. building and heading into a, uh, a, a election year next year, and I'm sure it'll be part of the conversation as well. Richard, thank you for your time today. My pleasure as always, Jess. We'll see you soon.